hitting life's issues with heaven's perspective. Hi, I'm Amanda Hall and I want to encourage you with this podcast. I'm going to just start dropping one new podcast a week. It might be um, from a service that we have at our church, Kingdom Increase Church in Jerseyville, Illinois, or something I just sit down. It might be joined um, by a guest, but I'm changing it up from when I started this podcast in May and I'm glad you're joining me. I don't want you to drown in the circumstances around your life. I don't want you to drown in the difficulties that are happening in this world and the darkness that seems to be growing uh, darker and invading so many areas in life. I'm telling you, God's thoughts are not our thoughts and God's ways are not our ways, but we can connect with heaven's perspective for every issue that we have in life. Enjoy this podcast. Well, since we're in our second week here of 21 days of fasting and praying, we're going to continue talking about prayer. And um, actually, um, I want to talk tonight about 10 conditions of answered prayer. You know, um, there there isn't a formula per se for prayer, right? There, There isn't a formula per se for anything with in our relationship with the Lord, yet there are things that are proper according to the word of God, right? And so he does instruct us. And, and that's the thing, like you can't, you're not necessarily going to say A plus B equals C or whatever, A, you know, but yet there are, you can't really call it a, a formula, but there are success secrets found throughout the word of God in every aspect of our life with the Lord. Amen. And so it's important that we we understand that. And it's not like when it comes to prayer, you, you have to be a scholar or it's not in the magnitude of your words or the multitude of your words. Um, it's, you know, it's not in, in, in the grammar of your words, but it, there are conditions according to the word of God that ensure that will get answered prayer. And I don't know about you. I mean, prayer is absolutely essential for our lives, but if it's essential, I want my prayers answered. I don't want to waste my time doing something that's pointless, right? (laughs) And so I think it's important to understand what the Bible tells us are the conditions um, for answered prayer. So I'm going to start first a couple passages. Mark chapter 11 I'm going to read verses 22 through 25 in, in the um, King James. But then I'm going to do majority of the teaching out of the Amplified Classic tonight. But I wanted to get it in its, uh, this King James language since that's how many of us learned, you know. And so, and there are some, some keys in it, I, I think, um, that, that help us see, see it a little bit clearer sometimes. That's why when I study the word, I like to use, um, when I'm studying, I like to use multitude of translations. I like to look at it because everyone kind of gives a little bit different angle of the same truth. It's not like they're saying something different. They just give you an angle, a facet of that truth that maybe you didn't catch because the, the wording is slightly different. So if we look at Mark chapter 11, Starting in verse 22, and Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. 
For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. And then in Mark chapter 11 and verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. Two powerful passages. I love them both. Um, you know, and we're really going to use these as, as base scriptures, but I'm going to share actually a lot of scriptures today, um, on 10, for 10 conditions of answered prayer. And so number one condition is have the faith of God. If you will go with me to Romans chapter 4, 17. God is a God of faith, right? And so not only should we have faith in God, but we shall have the faith of God. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. As it is written, I've made you the father of many nations in the sight of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and speaks. So we're talking about God here. We're talking about Abraham. Uh, Paul is, 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 is using Abraham as an example of faith and what true faith is. And, and he's talking about God then here. He says, in the sight of God in whom he, whom Abraham believed, who gives life to the dead and speaks of the non-existent things as if they already existed are calling things that be not as though they are, right? And so that is the faith of God. God took, he speaks, he gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they are. And so that's a condition for answered prayer is to have that kind of faith. Though you may not yet See, obviously, you wouldn't be asking God for something that you, that you can already see, that you already have your hands on, right, or whatever. So you might be thanking Him, you know. Thank, thanking is, a, is an aspect of prayer. Praising God is an aspect of prayer. But tonight, I'm particularly talking about 10 conditions of answer prayer, petition prayer, amen, when you were asking God for something. And, and so um, we have to have the faith of God when we ask. We've got to be of the same nature that our God is, who, who gives dead uh, or life to, to the dead and 
speaks of those things that aren't, don't yet exist as though they already do, that call things that are not as though they already are. Amen. He will create something out of nothing if he needs to. Amen. And so we've got to have that kind of faith. That's the God kind of faith that gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they are. So when we're um, asking of God, we need to have that kind of faith, right? Call it forth and like God, like God did. We, we see the same thing in, in the book of Hebrews um, chapter 11 again, but in, up in verse 3. When you look at that, you see that same thing that we just read in Romans chapter 4. We see the same thing in, in verse 3 of Hebrews 11. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed, fashioned, put in order and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God so that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. Remember, he called things that are not as though they are. He made the things that we see visible now with our eyes, that we can touch with our hands, that we can hear, feel, whatever. He made those things out of things that were invisible. Amen? How did he do it? By faith. He did it with his words. With his words. He framed the worlds with his words by faith. Amen. That's the faith of God. And so when we're asking God of some, for something, we need to have the God kind of faith. The, God, the, the kind of faith that says, I'm going to frame this with, with my words. I'm going to speak what God says. And then if you look at Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, right? This is, I believe, the, the fruit of the Spirit. Yes, but the fruit of the Spirit that work, the work which His presence within accomplishes is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, or, yeah, peace, patience, oh, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And so there's a faithfulness, a fullness of faith that God has, that he expects us to have, that we have, whether we operate in it or not, because the Spirit of God is living on the inside of us, amen, and he's a faith-filled spirit, amen. And so the number one condition, this isn't necessarily, when I say number one, I'm not talking about um, precedence, like this is, you know, in order of importance, but just number one out of the ten is have the faith of God. So we need to, need to understand that. Remember going back to our base scriptures. He says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Why? Because he is a faith God. He is a God full of faith. And it takes faith to please him. Number two condition for answered prayer is, is to ask. Specifically ask. Make specific petitions and requests. Pray exactly what it is you want. Like be very specific. Specific petitions and requests. If you look at Matthew chapter 17. Again, we're talking about prayer that's asking. Not all prayer is asking because prayer is, is conversation with God. It's fellowship and communion um, with God. There's thanksgiving and praise are tremendous as, aspects of, of prayer. And I didn't, 
I didn't add that in this in these ten conditions of answered prayer, uh, but I couldn't say this as a caveat. If you want to get your prayers, um, how, how do I want to say this? Uh, tangibly answered, right? Like you can put your hands on them faster. Spend a lot of time thanking him for it and praising him for it. Amen. It's just like, that's the way you can really get things done. But I'm talking specifically about when we're asking God for things, what, how we should ask, what we should ask, and what attitude of heart and mind we should ask. So the first condition is have the faith of God. The second condition is pray. <laughs> Gosh, I can't even spit it out today. Spit it out, Amanda. Wow. Pray specific requests. Matthew 17, 20. He said to them, because of the littleness of your faith, for truly, I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to yonder place and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. I mean, Jesus points out something very specific that you can do. And he wasn't just talking um, figuratively here. He was actually speaking literal. Yes, we can move spiritual mountains, but he was actually even speaking of a physical um, mountain here. But a very specific. If we look and go over to chapter 21 of Matthew. Verse 20 through 22, when the disciples saw it, they marveled greatly and asked, how is it that the fig tree has withered away all at once? And Jesus answered them, truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and cast in the sea, it will be done. And whatever you ask for in prayer, having faith and really believing, you will receive. Again, now he talks about how he cursed the fig tree and said there would never be fruit on it again. And it withered up, you know, and they, were mar they marveled at that. And he says, I'm telling you, anything you ask, but you need to pray specifically and ask. In John 15 and verse 7. I didn't put this, this scripture in there, but the scripture it says, you have not because you ask not, right? You actually do have to ask. <laughs> and, you know, and that's sometimes where people, well, I prayed, did you really pray about it or did you just think about it, Right? Because sometimes people think about things, but they don't actually pray about it. They don't actually ask God. John 15, 7. And so we need to pray. You actually have to pray and ask him. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and be specific in your prayers. John 15, 7. If you live in me and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts, ask whatever you will and it shall be done you. So one condition for answered prayer is you have to have the faith of God. A second condition for answered prayer is you actually have to ask, <laughs> right? You actually have to ask. Yes, the word of God says, I, I know what it is you need before you even ask, you know, and I'll answer you before you even finish crying out to me. But you do have to ask, asking um, God 
for these things that you desire, that you want, that you want Him to move on in your behalf, that you want Him to change in you or change in your life or change in your circumstances. When we ask, it's, it's like we're saying, we're relying on you. We know that without you, nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to happen. We trust you, God, and we put our confidence in you. Third condition for answered prayer is that we have to have faith without qualifying and limiting God's will or what we want. So not only do we ask and need to have the faith of God, but we shouldn't qualify and limit God's will. Because here's the, here's the reality of our asking, is that we tend, and we've talked about this a lot lately, even on Sundays I've ministered, you know, throughout, weaved in and out, how because we're surrounded by this earth, these earthly things and the conditions and the darkness of this world, too many times we get our eyes on the darkness. We get our eyes on what's going on around us. And though we're of this world, or though we're in this world, we're actually not of this world. And though our feet are on this ground and we're here, we're not called to live grounded. We're called to live in the heavenly sphere. Because spiritually, our true self, our spirit self, which is what we are, we're a spirit that has a soul, that lives in this body that happens to be on earth. But we were actually raised with Christ Jesus, it tells us in the book of Ephesians, when he was raised from the dead and seated at the right hand of the Father, we were actually raised up with him and seated at the right hand of the Father, with jointly seated with Jesus, um, far above every principality, power, and name, which is named in this earth. Amen. And, a, and, and it doesn't even matter. So we've got, even though we're, our feet are grounded here and we're on this earth, we actually need to learn to live. If then you've been raised with Christ, it tells us in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, then you need to, you need to put your mind on things that, you know, then you need to live in that higher life. You need to, you need to live in that place where you set your minds... Put your thoughts and set your mind on heavenly things. Amen. And so, but when we ask, we typically ask very limiting prayers. We, because our thoughts are not his thoughts and our ways are not his ways, his ways and thoughts are higher than ours, right? And he's the God of more than enough. He's El Shaddai, the God. I mean, he's the multi-breasted one. There's nothing limited in him. He, there's no, he can never run out, right? His supply is, is never ending. And so, but, but we tend to ask in this minute, small, worldly manner. We, we ask for our immediate need or this or that, but we don't take this worldly view. You consider Abraham asked God, well, what does any of this blessing matter to me? Because I don't even have a son to give it to. Well, he was asking for a son and God said, I'm going to give you nations, right? And so we tend to be like Abr Abram at that time before um, God changed his name to Abraham. But, but I, I want a son, but I'm going to give you nations. So if I'm going to give you nations, trust me, I'm going to give you a son. Amen. And so, but our, our, our mental ability as human beings is oftentimes limited. And as we grow older and, and we enter into adulthood, we tend to lose our imagination and have a hard time dreaming with God because we're stuck here, right? And everything around us and the things we've been through and our experiences tend to taint us to the fact that we serve an unlimited God, an all-powerful God, a, 
A God of faith. A God with whom nothing is impossible. And right here, we just read it in this passage. Um, here, let's see, which, which one was it? I think it was this one. And whatever, no, it's not, it wasn't that one. Maybe it was this one. Matthew 17, 20. And he said to them, because of the littleness of your faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to yonder place and it will be, and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. Do you have that? Do you have that scripture? Read that in King James. Yeah. And Jesus said unto them, because of their unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith in the grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, and they shall be under the earth, and it shall move, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Nothing will be impossible to you. He wasn't just saying that nothing's impossible to me because I'm God, but he's saying if you have faith, then nothing is impossible to you. And yet when, when we understanding now that we need to have the faith of God when we ask and that we need to actually ask those first two conditions, we also have to ask in an unlimited faith. We can't limit God and understand that even though we're having a hard time seeing maybe past our immediate circumstances or what's going on around us or, 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 or past experiences or whatever, I'm telling you, God wants us to ask in such a way that we believe not only is nothing impossible to him, but because we have faith in him, nothing is impossible for us. Amen. And so we need to have an unlimited faith without qualifying and limiting God's will or what we want. And so we just read those scriptures. Now go with me to Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Now, a lot of these scriptures that I've already mentioned, they're all going to pin... They're like central passages that we're looking at here over all ten conditions of prayer. The Mark 11 that we started with. I stuck in Hebrews chapter 11 because I think that it's absolutely essential. Uh, Mark 17, 20. Matthew um, 21, uh, 21 verses 21 and 22. John 15, we're talking verses 7 uh, all the way through about verse 16. Again, Hebrews 11, 6. We're talking about James 1, 5 through 8. We're talking about 1 John 5, 14 and 15. We're talking about, um, you know, uh, several of these passages. They're key passages to understanding um, the conditions of answered prayer. And so if we look at Mark 9, 23... And Jesus said, you say to me, if you can do anything, why all things are possible to him who believes. Amen. And so we need to make sure not only that we have the faith of God and we ask, but we need to ask without putting limitations on God. Amen. Because I can guarantee you that what God has for you and what God has for me is bigger, better, and greater than anything we could that we could ask, right? Because the Bible actually tells us in the book of Corinthians, eye has not seen, ear has, ha has not heard, 
nor has it even entered in the heart of man all of the things that God has prepared for those who love him, yet the Spirit reveals them to us. And, you know, and then, the other, then Ephesians, right? Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Our God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, far over and above anything we could ask, imagine, dream, think, desire, even pray according to His power at work within us. So we can't even ask, you know, um, as much as what God desires to give us more than we can even fathom to ask. So when we ask, let's not put limiting words on it. Let's not limit God because sure shooting, God's going to show up and show off in a way that you never expected if you won't limit him. But if your words of doubt or unbelief come out, then you're going to limit God because doubt and unbelief turn God's ears off, right? He hates, loathes doubt and unbelief. And doubt and unbelief's language is murmuring and complaining, right? We see that with the Israelites. Their murmuring and complaining was a language of their doubt and unbelief, and God didn't like it. Therefore, they could never enter into the rest of faith. And so if we're going to have answered prayers, then we have to have faith. We have to have the faith of God. We actually have to ask. And we have to have an unlimited faith without qualifying or limiting God's will. Um, number four, we actually have to refuse to doubt in the heart, right? If you look at that where we started in Matthew 11, uh, 23, it says, For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. You know, on occasion, doubt's going to enter your head. Has doubt ever entered your thoughts? It has mine, <laughs> right? Even today, right? But just because it, it entered your, your head, it doesn't have to enter your heart. But the key from keeping it to entering your heart is don't put words to the, to the thoughts of doubt that come into your head. Don't vocalize the thoughts of doubt that come into your head. Instead, as we're instructed by Paul in the book of Corinthians, we need to take captive those thoughts of doubt because that doubt is setting itself up higher than Jesus. It's setting itself up higher than God's word. And Jesus is the word. Amen. And so anytime the thoughts of doubt come, a thought of doubt is not sin. Where, where sin enters in is when we start to speak those, those thoughts of doubt because then it gets embedded in our hearts, right? And so it, we just have to refuse to doubt in our hearts. And, and the key to that is take every thought of doubt that enters our head take it captive and toss it out and don't put words to it, right? Don't vocalize it. If you look at um, James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. So it said there in that Mark 11 passage, it says, and shall not doubt in his heart. So we have to refuse to doubt in our heart. And then we're further instructed in, in uh, James. Oh, let me actually get there. It would help if I actually got to the right, right book. <laughs> Verse 5. If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God, who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproaching or fault finding, and it will be given him. Only it must be in faith that he asks with no wavering, no hesitating, no doubting. For the one who wavers, hesitates, and doubts is like the billowing surge out at sea that is blown hither and thither and tossed by the wind. 
For truly, let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he asks for from the Lord. For being as he is a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, and irresolute, he is unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, and decides. So the num- number four condition for answered prayer is we have to refuse to doubt in the heart. It says if you're going to doubt, don't even think you're going to get anything you're going to ask you know, from God. Because doubt just turns God's ears off. He, he, that's, he's a God of faith. He, that's his language. Amen. And so we, we can't put voice to, to the doubts that might come into our head. We've got to take those thoughts captive and we've got to speak faith and we've got to refuse to doubt um, in, in our hearts. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about, let me go back one thing about qualifying and limiting God's will. I was thinking about this, you know, about, you know, as we're trying to add to our praise and worship team, you know, and then and everything else. And I've been praying and speaking and I stepped in faith to do certain things, you know. Well, so the first couple instances didn't really work out. But the thing is, is that I asked God. But I didn't limit him in the asking. I got to have this person. I got to have that person. You know what I'm saying? This is what I need. This is what I want. I don't just have to ask him what I need. I can tell him. I can also ask him for what I want. Amen. And so, but not limit him. Therefore, I didn't get upset because things fell through and it didn't work out with a couple of people because it's not a big deal. You know what I mean? That just means God's got something better for us. But if you limit him in your asking, then he can't answer because it will go against him and what he has. And he doesn't, he doesn't want to put anything in your way that's going to cause you problems, right? And so I think it's important, since we were discussing that earlier, you know, that, that's, that's one of those keys is don't limit God. Give God room to work and let him do it in his perfect way. And I, to me, this passage in James that I just read, that's what, what made me think about it. Go back to that point number three, have an unlimited faith without qualifying or limiting God's will and what you want but also refusing to doubt in your heart. The reality is if you're going to ask God for wisdom, if you're going to ask him to direct your steps, if you're going to ask him to instruct you so you know exactly what to do and where to go and how to do it or whatever, then you're going to have to be willing to receive the answer he gives you. That's part of this. And don't be double-minded about that. If you're going to ask him to say, whatever you say, God, I'm good with that. Amen. Don't limit him. With doubt, yes, but also with your restricted idea of what it is you want. Amen? I think that's important. So that was number four, refuse to doubt in the heart. Number five, believe that whatever it asks is asked will be given. So we've already read that in Mark 11, Mark 17, Mark 21, and even in Hebrews 11 and verse 6. But let's look at Mark's, or I'm sorry, Matthew I think I said the wrong things. Mark 11, Matthew 17, Matthew 21, Hebrews 11. Let's look at Matthew 7. Matthew 7, verses 7 through 11. You you have to believe that whatever it is you're asking for will be given. Again, asking in a way that doesn't limit God because He's a God who does exceedingly abundantly. And so He's always going to give more than what you ask. So don't limit Him in that. Be specific, yes, in what you're asking, but you've also got to believe that what you're asking for is actually going to be given to you. Verse 7 of Matthew 7, 
Keep on asking and it will be given you. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who keeps on asking receives. And he who keeps on seeking finds. And to him who keeps on knocking, the door will be open. Or what man is there? Now look at this. He's giving a parable, if you will. um, Giving a natural example, Jesus is here, of what it means to ask the Lord for something. Or of what man, this is verse 9 of Matthew 7. Or what man is there... Of you, if his son asks him for a loaf of bread, will hand him a stone. Or if he asks for fish, will hand him a serpent. If you then, evil as you are, know how to give good and advantageous gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven, perfect as he is, give good and advantageous things to those who keep on asking him? So he says, Look, if you ask him for some bread, he isn't going to give you. Something that ain't going to satisfy your hunger, right? A stone ain't going to do it. If you ask him for a fish, he isn't going to give you something that is going to harm you instead. And so that's what he's saying. And so you actually have to believe that when you ask him for something, he's actually going to give it, give you what it is that you're asking for. And then the number six condition is believe that whatever is asked is already granted. Whatever you ask for is already granted. We read that back in Mark 11, verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. So when you're praying, you got to believe then that you've already received it. And that's actually what the, what the Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 5. I love this. I love these two verses. 1 John 5, verses 14 and 15. which actually we hit on these last week too. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. About when we were talking about how important it is for the Word of God during that you feast on the Word of God during fasting and prayer for various reasons. And one of the reasons was is because your prayers being answered hinge on them being Word-based. Amen. And so we're talking again about expounding more on 10 conditions of answered prayer. And this number six condition is believe that whatever is asked is already granted. So 1 John 5, 14 and 15. And this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness which we have in Him. We are sure that if we ask anything, make any request according to His will, and we obviously know, let me intervene here, we know that His word is His will. Amen. And so when we ask according to the word, it says when we ask according to His will in agreement with His own plan, He listens to and hears us. And since we positively know that He listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted us as our present possessions the request made of Him. So not only do we have to, when we're asking God in prayer for things, to believe that whatever's asked will be giving, But we also have to believe that whatever is asked is already given. When we ask in faith and don't doubt in our heart, we believe that we've already received it. Amen? Amen. It's in delivery. Right? I use use that all the time. It's in delivery. It's already been given. Amen? And so it's like I use the, the whole Amazon example all the time. I go on to Amazon. I find what it is I'm looking for. I hit pay. Amen? 
and, and we have received your order. And then it sends me a shipping notice. Your order has been shipped. Amen. And so I had to pay for that. Jesus already paid for this for us. Amen. It's already paid. So we have this confidence that because we're right with him through his blood, our faith in that and what he did on the cross, and because we've surrendered our life to him, then we know we have this relationship, this fellowship, this communion that we can have with him, that we can talk with him, that he can hear our hearts cry, that he'll answer us, but we've got to ask in faith. And then we know that when we've asked, we already have granted to us what we've asked. It's in delivery. Your order has shipped. Amen. (laughs) It is on its way. It is yours paid in full. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Amen. That's good stuff right there. Number seven condition for answered prayer. You have to be authoritative and command to come to pass what is asked. Right? So, so we've actually already read this in the Mark, Mark 11 passage where it says, For I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and thou cast into the sea. you got to speak to it, Right? You, you, you've got to speak with authority and command. You're not commanding God. You're commanding whatever it is that you're... You, know, you see what I'm saying? Like you're not commanding to God. You're speaking to whatever it is that you're, you're asking um, for. We read it in, um, in that Matthew 17, 20. I'll, I'll just read it again because it's, it's good. I've already read it a couple times, but I'm going to read it again. Matthew 17, 20. He said to them, Because of the littleness of your faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to yonder place, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. You've got to speak by faith. Amen? And you got So if you're speaking in faith, then you're speaking with authority. Amen? And it's important... That we do that. People are like, well, you got to yell about it. No, you don't have to. That's for sure. It's not. It's not necessary um, to yell, <laughs> right? It's not even necessary to raise your voice. But there is a difference in a voice that carries authority and a voice that says something that grabs the attention of whatever they're commanding. Amen. And so, let, let me just take, for instance, our dog, Brownie. You know, I can just talk to him and, oh, Brownie, you mama's boy. Mom loves her brown boy. You know what I mean? This and that and everything else. And he wants to, okay, you want to go potty? Go out. And then I'll say, stay in your yard. Right? He knows what that means. I'm standing at the back door watching him. You stay in your yard. And if he starts to waver out of that, I'll open that door. You stay in your yard. And I say it with authority. Sometimes that means I raise my voice. But he knows the difference, right? Sometimes he'll get, um, in, in his older age, I don't know, I think maybe his blood sugar gets a little out of balance sometimes. And he'll just start barking and barking and barking at Rodney or I like he wants something. And finally I'll say, be quiet, go eat. Because I know that's what he, he needs to go eat. He, there's, his, his blood sugar is out of it. And he just kind of drops his head, drops his tail, and goes to his bowl and eats. Because he's like, oh, wait, mom snapped me out of it, right? You see what I'm saying? Like, 
And so many times as we've got to make a command, an authoritative command. It doesn't mean you have to yell, but there's, there, there's a sound behind a voice that has authority. And our authority isn't in us. We have authority because it's in him. It's his name. We have his name. There's no other name higher than that name. Every knee has to bow. Every tongue has to confess. And so because of the authority that we have, then when we're asking in, in, in prayer, then we need to be authoritative and command to come to pass what is asked. Amen. And so we've got to speak with authority. Be thou cast into the sea. All right? Mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. You ain't going to talk to a mountain like this, right? It ain't going to listen to you. Like there's, there's got to be a authority in your voice. And, and the authority in your voice comes from what you know on the inside. Amen? Yeah, you don't have to yell. There's like, like I mean, it's kind of like when, when Cecily was little. I didn't always have, you know, like raise my voice. Sometimes I could look at her with the look. Now that, it's a look that said, that's enough. You do that again, you're going to be in some serious trouble. I'm talking butt whooping trouble, right? Like you didn't have to say anything. But there's a look that comes that, that, that she knew mom's serious or dad's serious and I better straighten up or whatever, right? And so... Well, our voice, our words are what move. And they frame, again, going back to Hebrews 11, 3, it was that we know that God, by faith, framed the worlds with his words. And so we've got to use our words. That's where the authority comes. That's where our faith comes out, right? Faith is believing in the heart and confessing with the mouth. So if we're actually operating the God kind of faith, then the God kind of faith doesn't just believe, but it also speaks. And so you got to tell that mountain to move. You got to tell that money to come, right? You got to like there's these things that you have you have to do because if not, then it's going to do whatever it wants to do. <laughs> right? And so it, it's important that we be authoritative. Again, like I said, you don't have to raise your voice necessarily. My voice is loud as it is, but I tend to raise my voice cuz that's what I do anyway, even if I'm not you know what I mean? I don't have to be mad or upset or nothing. If I get excited about something or if I'm passionate about something, sure shooting my voice is going to raise. That offends a lot of people. They get bent out of shape. Uh, fine. You don't have to listen to my preaching. You can go sit with somebody that teaches the Word of God in monotone. Have at it. <laughs> I, fine with me. Nobody says you got to like it, right? Nobody says you got to listen to my podcast. Nobody says you have to come to my church, right? You can find somebody who does monotone just fine. I'm sorry if you don't like my raised voice. <laughs> it's just what I, I'm like, but that just that way. Like I said, I get excited about something and my voice gets loud. Rodney will look at me sometimes and I'm like, I'm sorry. I can't help it. I get excited and I get loud. I don't mean to. I tried to tame it. It just doesn't, I just, I just get loud because I get excited, you know, at any rate. Uh, the number eight condition of answered prayer is believe that what you want is God's will. And so this is, this is important. When we know that we just read it in 1 John 5, 14 and 15, 
that we know if we ask anything according to God's will. So anytime we're asking according to what the word of God says, then we know it's his will. And so when we know it's his will, then we have a confidence in asking him for it. We can confidently ask him for the salvation of our brothers, our sisters, our nieces, our nephews, our spouses, our parents, our grandparents, right? You know, whatever, our children, our sons, our daughters, you know, our closest friends. Why? Because his word says his desires for none to perish. His word says he wants all to be saved, right? He gave, he sent his son for the world, right? And so we can confidently ask that and know that it's God's will and we can stand in faith believing that because it's God's will, praise God, because I asked, I'm going to get. We can know that if some kind of disease, infirmity, sickness, weakness, uh, lack of strength or whatever it is happens to come onto our body, we can confidently ask for healing, complete restoration in our bodies because he already said it is his will to heal. We already know that by his stripes we were healed. Amen. We already know that. We know that if, if, we, if we know, consciously know that we've sinned, that we can run to him and ask for forgiveness and he'll give it to us because he tells us he will. Amen. These are things that we can ask for. We know that we can ask for God's blessing in our finances because his word tells us he delights in the prosperity of his servants. The word tells us he's given us power to create wealth to establish his covenant. His word tells us in 3 John 2, it says, my desire is that you would prosper. That means financial prosperity and be in good health even as your soul prospers. Amen. So we can also know that we can ask for sound mind, a peace of mind, a calm mind, a well-being in our mind because he says, I want you to prosper in your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. We know that according to, to um, Timothy, that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear but a power and love and a sound mind so we can ask God for a sound mind. We don't have to be depressed because he's given us a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Amen? Like these are things we can confidently ask for from him because his word already says it and so we know it's his will and we can stand believing not only that we'll get what we ask for but that we already have what we ask for. Amen? And it is in delivery. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. So that was believe that what you want is God's will. Number nine. And never say this. This is a, this is a major key and a major condition to, for you to receive answers to your prayer. Never say this phrase. If it be your will, if it be thy will, your will, however, concerning anything you ask that is definitely promised of God in his word. Right? We, I just got done quoting off all kinds of things that are specifically said in the word of God. Never do we have to ask if it be your will to heal somebody because we already know it is. Jesus said, I've come to do the will, your will, talking about the Father. And what did Jesus do the whole time he was here? He preached the gospel of the kingdom. He healed the sick and he healed and delivered those who were oppressed by the devil. Whether that was some kind of sickness, demonic possession, oppression, whatever it was, that's what he did the whole time. And he specifically said, I've come to do the will of the Father. The Father's will has not changed. Amen. It's still his will today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So never ask or never attach the phrase, if it be thy will concerning anything you ask that is definitely promised of God in his word. Because if you attach that to it, then what you're doing is actually praying in doubt. 
Let's just look at a couple of scriptures here. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. 2 Corinthians 1, 20. For as many as are the promises of God, they all find their yes in Him. For this reason... We also utter the amen to God through him to the glory of God, right? All of God's promises are yes and amen. You don't have to ask if it be your will when he's already promised it to us, when he's already said it, amen? And let's see, let's look at um, Psalm 84, verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield, and the Lord bestows grace and favor and glory, and no good thing will He withhold from those who walk uprightly. So if you're asking for a good thing, you ain't got to worry about if it's God's will because He ain't going to withhold it from you. No good thing will He withhold from those who walk uprightly. Amen? <laughs> Amen. And Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. For His divine power has bestowed upon us all things, all things that are requisite and suited or that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. By means of these, He has bestowed on us His precious and exceedingly great promises that so that through them you may escape from the moral decay that is in the world because of covetousness and become sharers of the divine nature. Amen? And so we know that we don't have to attach the phrase, if it be thy will, um, when we ask anything, um, that is definitely promised of God in His Word. And then finally, number 10 condition of answered prayer is you have to have a clean heart in life with God and man. In that initial passage in Mark 11, verses uh, 22 through 25, verse 25 says, And when you stand praying, forgive, if you have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. We can't expect God to answer our prayers if we have unforgiveness in our hearts. It does not work that way. In order for our prayers to be answered, we have to have a clean heart. We have to be have to have forgiven people. Um, and then in 1 John chapter 3, it's the last passage I'm going to look at. 1 John chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. And we ask from him what... Oh, sorry. <laughs> Get it together here, man. Woo-wee! <laughs> 1 John 3, verse 22. And we receive from Him whatever we ask because we obey His orders, observe His suggestions and injunctions, and follow His plan for us, and habitually practice what is pleasing to Him. And this is His order, 
his command and his injunction that we should believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and that we should love one another just as he has commanded us. And so it says here, we receive what we ask for when we're walking in obedience to him and practicing habitually what pleases him. Meaning that one, we believe in the son, we do what he says, and we love one another. Amen. So the number 10 condition of answered prayers, you actually have to have a clean heart and life with God and man. Amen. There cannot be unforgiveness hidden in your heart to others. And you've got to make sure that you're in right relationship with God. So, you know, your sin is forgiven. Amen. And so a lot of those scriptures, like we read, um, you know, Back in Mark 11 in the King James, what things soever ye desire, says whatsoever, anything, all things, what ye will, what things soever you desire, whatsoever he saith. These are all terms that are unlimited terms, right? They, they don't put limitations. They assure the possibility and the absolute certainty of answered prayer. So 10 conditions of answered prayer. And these really all boil down to what it means to ask God in faith. Amen. I truly hope this podcast has inspired you to hunger for the Lord and the word of God like never before and brought heaven's perspective into your life. My desire is to help you take your eyes off the natural and to see things the way God sees them. And as you do, you will walk in victory in every area of your life. So I want to give you an opportunity to sow into the work we are doing here at Kingdom Increase Church for the kingdom of God. We are truly contending for revival, not only um, in our region here in Jerseyville, Jersey County, Illinois, and the surrounding counties of Calhoun, Madison, McCoupin, and Green, but we are truly contending to see revival sweep across the church in the state of Illinois. And when true revival, true revival hits the church in the state of Illinois, it will result in the light of Christ shining so bright to his body that the spiritually dead will awaken. So I want to give you an opportunity. We're doing it in many ways here um, at Kingdom Increase Church as we're led of the Lord. If you want to know what's going on um, with our church, the best way to find out is to hop onto our Facebook page, Kingdom Increase Church. Um, you'll find us uh, what's going on every week. We have Sunday service at 10 a.m. every Sunday and midweek service every Wednesday night at 6.30 p.m. We also have prayer at different times and different various services at different times. So check our Facebook page. Um, our web, we have a web page, but it's in a transition and a revamping right now. Um, but you can go to our webpage, kingdominchurch.com, and click on Give. Uh, and you'll have a safe way to be able to sow um, your financial seed into the work we're doing here. Obviously, um, you can mail um, a check to Kingdom Increase Church, 400 South Washington Street in Jerseyville, Illinois, 62052. Um, you can also text to give. Our text to give number is 618-212-8004. Again, our text to give number is 618 212 Zero four, And if you'll just pop in that number and then in your message, put the dollar amount that you want to give. And as you do, you'll be prompted to enter your information. Then from that point on, um, that it'll be easy just to drop your dollar amount in there and send it. Also, you can give to us um, via cash app. It's dollar sign, capital K, capital I, capital C, 365. 
Again, Cash App is dollar sign, capital K, capital I, capital C, three, six, five. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you so much for every person that listens to this podcast. It truly is my heart's desire for them uh, to see their life from heaven's perspective, to see what you see and to say what you say concerning it, Father God. And for each person that sows a financial seed into the work of the ministry we're doing here at Kingdom Increase Church, Father God, I believe and stand that on your word that they will receive a hundredfold return hallelujah, on every seed that they sow. As we're going after the harvest to see souls saved, lives changed, and disciples made, I thank you, Lord, that this is good ground to sow into. I thank you for every person that listens and every person that sows financial seed. And I give you glory for them. Bless them, Father God. Bless them. Bless them everywhere they go and in everything they do. In Jesus' name, amen.